0: Three people down there. The ball's up in the air. Caught! Touchdown. Caught by Westbrook for a I think they like my Colorado swag. In play,
1: Welcome into the DNBR Buffs podcast presented by the Colorado XOs. I'm Henry Chisholm and we have a special guest today. It's Ryan Konigsberg, who you guys know well. He hasn't been on the last couple of Buffs basketball post games. Uh, and that's part of the reason he's going to be here today, because there is a lot to talk about. The schedule is out. Um, we're going to run through a whole bunch of that stuff um, and get some basketball talk in, too, because there's one game left before the postseason, and that's a really exciting time in the basketball world. But before we uh, get into all of that, want to say a couple more words about the Colorado XOs. The
0: undefeated Colorado XOs.
1: The undefeated Colorado XOs, they are 1-0, as we all expected, because they're bringing in a whole bunch of athletes that typically don't play rugby. That's the point of what they're doing. They, they've recruited soccer players and football players and basketball players and a whole bunch of other sports, and apparently it's going well. Uh, the idea is to train them up at Infinity Park in Glendale and eventually get them onto the U.S. national team, which also trains at Infinity Park in Glendale. Cool stuff going on. They're off to a hot start, obviously, so make sure you're paying attention to DMVR Rugby, the Twitter account, um, the uh, podcast, and pay attention to the written content on the website. And remember, supporting our partners is supporting us, so check it out. Check them out.
0: The XOs. Undefeated. All right. Ryan, what's up? Hey. Hey, um, what'd you think of the schedule? Well, um, it's not easy, but I don't think that's a bad thing necessarily. Um, you know, this, I think this team, which is going to have a lot of young pieces is going to grow up fast, um, to start, obviously you get Northern Colorado, which doesn't even really count,
1: but, but it is crucial that they get Northern Colorado. That that, that game may be more important than any other game on the schedule
0: yeah um and it's friday night i think that's exciting um mm-hmm. the if if we get fans of that game i'm su- i'm still not speaking in absolutes with anything it's a good s- call stupid virus um it's going to be insanely lit like best attended game against a crappy team ever
1: it's gonna be a party and, you know, this is a weird crossover in my world. Actually, like a three-way crossover. Because, first of all, like, the Buffs are playing. Second of all, I'm a Bronco fan. I want to see Ed McCaffrey as a coach. But third, I grew up watching Big Sky football. And that's Northern Colorado. And to have all of this in one game, on top of that, be the first game with fans after a full, or I guess it would almost be two years since people have been to Folsom. That That's just going to be a party. Which of the McCaffrey
0: kids are going to be on that team?
1: Well, not Christian because he has other options,
0: (laughs) Um, but then you have, by the way, last time Christian McCaffrey uh, played the Buffs got absolutely shut down. He was the second best running back in that game. I've heard by a wide margin
1: by a wide margin. Um, But yeah, I think I haven't followed it all that closely just because I know they aren't going to Colorado, but there's Luke. There's uh, Dylan. yeah, Dylan was the Michigan one who transferred somewhere. It, not to northern colorado i don't think so it must have been luke who did So there's just one going there i th- I think so i mean as of now i thought they were all going there they're worth they're, nine months away from this game there's yeah. there's like basically two transfer opportunities in there with the spring season that half of them are playing but yeah I, i'm excited about that game
0: i just hope that someone points out to the buffs that like ed mccaffrey has intentionally shunned the university of colorado with all of his kids Dylan is the one. Dylan going, is man. there. Thanks and to not, I uh, think Google Luke Expert too. Dre.
1: Luke is too? I think. We'll get Dre on it. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs>
1: Producer Dre. <laughs> <laughs> Producer <laughs> Dre.
0: But, researcher. I
1: don't know. What 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 are your feelings toward the McCaffreys? Like, like when they come out there, are you just like, hey, look, there they are? Like it's exciting to see a Colorado kid, somebody we've been following, and now they're going against the Buffs? Or is it like, okay, you, you didn't choose Colorado, mm-hmm. should have. You time to get out of the way now because you're about to get run over by the buffaloes. That's what I'm hoping happened. Yeah, yeah, that's
0: like that's the feeling that I want. It's just like, mm-hmm. like none of. I think Christian was the only one who was even even considered CU at any huh. point. But there's like some dumb story about whoever the coach was wanting him to like play safety or something. It's I've really dumb.
1: heard. St- I haven't heard that, that particular story, but I've heard stories like that.
0: The rest, they just, uh, I just feel like. They have some sort of grudge against CU, so now I have some sort of grudge against them.
1: Yeah, you you want to see them kind of get beat up a little bit. You want dirt on the jersey. It it just feels good to beat the McCaffrey's up because that's the big name, and they didn't choose Colorado. I don't know. And
0: also, just like first game back, oh mm. uh, it's gonna be fun. Okay, a lot of on. these
1: games though, like what one more point, like the the first game of the season, we were playing an FCS team they seem kind of boring. Like, you don't get fired up about them. I remember, like, even with the Grizzlies, they play, like, a non-scholarship FCS team first, and you're just like, well, here we go. This is probably going to be 60 to zip. But this one, at least, there are some other storylines, and I think that that's going to make it a lot more fun, with the biggest still being fans maybe back in the stadium, we hope. Actually, this is a good time for an update on that, too. Um, What we heard in the release that came out from CU this morning with the schedule was that they're going to start – Season ticket renewals in a couple of weeks here, and then single game tickets will go on in July. And then there's this caveat at the bottom that says we're preparing multiple scenarios based on what happens with the virus and what the guidelines look like. So they didn't commit one way or the other, but they do have plans to start selling tickets, which is a good sign at the very least.
0: All I want is like 52,000 people. That's it in the stadium for just 52,000. Just yeah. 52,000. If that's like 10 short of the capacity, I'm cool with that.
1: (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Yeah. Um, From there, though, that's uh, honestly, when I look at it, one of three games that you look at and say, "Buff should win. (laughs) Now we get into a really tough stretch. And up next is going to be a game in Denver at the Broncos Stadium, whatever they call it, against Texas A&M. What do you think about that?
0: So I love this, yeah. and I'm in the minority of like diehard CU fans who like the games in Denver. You definitely are. Um, everyone like whines and bitches about it, and I get it. Folsom Field is the mecca of sports. Yeah. So um, any game that we could have there that we don't get there sucks. But even when I didn't live in Denver, I just like the vibe of like being in Denver. And I think here's what it comes down to for me. At Folsom Field, the one thing you're missing – is being able to see all the tailgating so like there's tailgating going on all over campus but you can't it's all spread out when you get to denver and you go into that massive parking lot at mile high it's just like a sea of tailgates Mm -hmm. and this you got the smokestacks coming off of people's grills and like it feels just more like a true tailgating experience and i just i always have a great time like bouncing around running you run into more people out there um and i think it'll be cool and again this is this helps the buffs that it's going to be the this will probably be the first game hmm, maybe the first game back at at uh empower where fans can go hopefully again at, at full capacity it's possible It could just be one of those things where people are like, man, that's something you got to go to. It's Mm -hmm. a little bit cheaper than going to a Broncos game, you know, probably get in for like 50 bucks or whatever. Uh, And I think you could end up getting a lot of just Denver people that want to go to a game.
1: Yeah. And and that's something that Rick George has spoken about is he wants to almost recruit Denver into the CU fan base. And I think it was the first time I ever heard him talk up in Boulder on football media day. That would have been before the 2019 season, he basically said that, like we get that there's pros and cons to playing a game in Denver. And this was the game they were talking about. It only became officially in Denver a few weeks ago. But you're saying, you know, we we want to pull back in Boulder as much as we can and get people fired up up here. But there are a lot of alumni in Denver. And when we go down there, not only do we get the opportunity to sell that many more tickets, we can also sell tickets to people who might stick around and Mm -hmm. want to be fans.
0: I mean, in the end, like, College football is at least 50% about the party. It is. And the party least. is just bigger when you take it to Denver. Like, it just becomes a bigger party.
1: Mm-hmm. I, I honestly think, like, the only person in Boulder who wouldn't agree with that is Carl Durrell. Like, I think to him, college football is like, nope, it's work and it's structure. But even Growing the players. Young men. <laughs> even, yeah, exactly. Even Rick George, I think, would be like, yeah, it's probably about 50%. 100%. It 100%, 50%. Is. 100%. 50%. <laughs> but yeah. Um, Next up is going to be the game, the home game against uh, Minnesota, another tough non-conference game. And they didn't look as good last year, but their last full season, I think they went 11 and one, maybe something like that. They played really well, is the point.
0: But I think they like that was when they had what was his name, Tyler Johnson, yep, great receiver. They had a better quarterback.
1: But Mohamed Ibrahim is coming back, the running back. He's mm-hmm. real good. You still got PJ Fleck running things. I still think I think Tanner Morgan's still going to be there. Drake could check on that for
0: sure but they they have some pieces they're, and they've made
1: some noise in the big 10 before
0: they're not nothing that's for okay. sure uh they're not a bottom feeder i will say pj fleck is a shtick coach
1: i totally agree and yes.
0: sometimes the shtick just runs out and i think that might be happening to him i like that take i do like that take it's all just
1: rpos there was a great film room i've talked about on the draft pod before uh before minnesota played michigan last year i think one of the michigan blogs went through it and and a crazy number of Minnesota's passing plays go to four different spots on the field. And and there's a whole bunch of like different ways they'll get guys there, but basically it's all RPOs and the, the pass option is to one of four spots. And the way it works in PJ Flex's mind is it pulls you in different ways and that's indefensible because you can't get guys in all those spots. But it is certainly a shtick and that's not a game that's just and a, even just a the loss. way
0: he like carries himself is a shtick. Yeah.
1: I mean, you have to be to go with that sort of
0: offense. Like what Bill Walton is to calling games. Like, Mm -hmm. you know, he just has a thing. He sticks to it. He plays a character. That's what PJ Flex. And,
1: you know, it's like Bob Stitt, who some Colorado fans might know from his time at Mines. But when he goes up.
0: Colorado fans know him because every single time we've ever had a coaching opening, people said it should be Bob Stitt. And I've had players at
1: Montana say, if that guy brings up how badly he's – or how excited he is for spring so that he can start playing golf again, I'm going to lose my mind. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, I mean, he That's was the he same was way. The reason
0: why all the media loved him here because he was playing golf with them. Exactly, exactly.
1: <laughs> but, yeah, it's a fun, creative guy who wants to run the motions and the jet sweeps and that kind of stuff. Also kind of a weird dude. Not, yeah. not weird. That's not fair. But, but you know, it's he has that personality just fits. And P.J. Fleck is the same way.
0: I'm just excited about the idea of, like – a big 10 team at at Folsom. That's cool. I think it's going to be fun. Yeah. But
1: I do have I do want to ask though, you know, Minnesota, not a team that's going to roll over. texas a and i A&M, I'm not sure where they finished, but heading into the end of the really season, they were still top 5. They lose a piece or two, but those are a couple of tough non-conference games. When you need 6 wins to go to a bowl game, are
0: these the games that Colorado should be scheduling? <sighs> you know, I it depends on if you beat Minnesota yeah I, I think that that's fair yeah like if you i don't think you're beating texas A&M. <laughs> uh, the,
1: the odds makers would say no
0: yeah it's gonna be long odds mm-hmm. um and i'm sure texas a&m has actually i think i remember like the texas a&m games in boulder there would be a lot of fans from texas a&m there so i believe it. you know they're gonna be there uh, mm-hmm. in denver um if you start two and one it was a good move. You made a bunch of money off the Texas A and M game. You're gonna make. You're gonna get a good crowd for Minnesota. Mm-hmm. You're on people's TVs.
1: Yes. Texas is big recruiting wise. Yes.
0: So you're fine. You feel great. Uh, yep. Also, that third weekend of non-conference probably aren't that many good games. So you could get a really good TV slot uh, for that one.
1: Yeah. I mean, you you look at just what's going on with the Pac-12 teams. Uh, you've got Stanford playing Vanderbilt. That's a power five matchup. Um, Not a better one. Some of these I want to say just because they're hilarious. Oregon State against Idaho. Mm -hmm. Who's watching that? No one. No no one. I don't even recognize a couple of the logos. But, yeah, I mean, Arizona State plays BYU. That's the only other Pac-12 game that's
0: notable. Okay, so one of those games is going to be the afternoon prime game, and one of them is going to be the night prime game for the Pac-12.
1: That's going to be really cool. That's going to be a lot of fun. Um, also I I think times we're going to know on June 1st for maybe the first half of the season and the rest will come out during the season, the way they do it. It might only be like three weeks instead of half though. Something like that.
0: There's a rich history of a night game against a power five team in the non-con at Folsom. Like for whatever, whenever that happens, something cool happens. Like you had a game against West Virginia which they won on a game-winning field goal in overtime that was like Whew. crazy blackout, like every, just wow, hell of a lot of fun. And then there was a game against Georgia that they won at home. There was like a late strip that they got. A.J. Green hmm. and maybe even Matt Stafford on that team. Hmm. Um, or maybe it was the, uh, the next guy, Murray, something Murray. Yeah, um, I remember him. But A.J. Green was on that team. So the <laughs> Buffs had like Jimmy Smith. Um, that one was awesome. There's another one that the Buffs didn't win, but it was against Florida State that I just remember being completely sold out. So, like, I hope that's a night game just because, like, September night games in Boulder always turn out to be a really good time.
1: I'm excited. Um, before we move on to the conference games, I, I am curious. You know, there, there are some good uh, non-conference games across the Pac-12, not just for Colorado, uh, games like uh, Washington's playing Michigan, uh, Utah plays BYU. Uh, I mentioned Arizona State does. Arizona does. I think USC does. <laughs> there, there might even be more than that. But just in general, do you expect the Pac-12 to take a step forward in those games this year? Because that is kind of the big question every year. No, no. Uh,
0: yeah, you I don't. Did, you don't uh, have some like the Pac-12 doesn't have a powerhouse and it's, it's the biggest you know quote unquote problem for the conference on a national scale mm-hmm. right now and until it does i just don't think it's going to be what anyone you know hopes or wishes it can be like one of mm-hmm. usc oregon um stanford i guess has had their their moments in the sun ucla has had their moments like one of those teams maybe it's colorado who's of course had their moments has to take the torch to be the top five team out of the Pac-12 before I think this conference really moves forward in that type of way.
1: Yeah, that's kind of where I'm at too. You know, you look at USC, they get to play BYU, they get to play Notre Dame. They just aren't ready to compete with Notre Dame. And unless you're ready to compete, like some team is ready to compete with Notre Dame, like you're not getting into the Pac-12, or not the Pac-12, the national championship, the college football playoff. And then like Oregon... They get to play Ohio State. Again, you're just not there. None of the teams can win those games at this point. No. Until somebody does. Um, Let's actually keep going until the bye week, and then we'll take a quick break. But uh, next up is your first conference game at Arizona State. That's a really tough way to start
0: it is um and jaden daniels is just i know he's only getting better he Um, is so he's gonna be scary and arizona state at arizona state is never fun although we won the last time we went there the Mm -hmm. infamous shorts game from mel tucker Mm -hmm. or i should i say he who shall not be named um (laughs) what sucks about this one well i think that was the exact same time the last time what sucks about this one is you'd just always rather get, if you're going to play at ASU, you'd just rather always get it later in the season, right? Because yep. one, you're, you know, let's say you could trade um, at Oregon October 30th for at Arizona state, September 25th. Like now you get a warm game in Oregon and then you mm-hmm. get a warm game in Arizona late in the season. Well, now you're going to, it's going to be cold in Oregon at the end of that month. So and you just worry about how hot it's going to be. Like you just yep. never know in Arizona at the, in September. It could be a uh, 110 degrees on the field.
1: And the good news is there's like a policy, I guess, where all Arizona State September games have to be night games. Yep. But still, what's that temperature at kickoff? It could be way up there, and it's just not something you want to deal with. And all day you're in the heat. It's not. It's not great. Um, I agree. And the the other reason that I really don't like it is They're because beatable, though. oh, absolutely. But Jaden Daniels to me is honestly maybe as likely as anybody to be the best quarterback in the conference next year. And I'm not a big Keaton Slovis guy. So that, I'm on Neither that is train. Dre. Neither are the draft guys. We just got through the receivers talking about Amon Ross St. Brown. And that was the big takeaway for both of them. I was like, why is Keaton Slovis in this conversation? And mm. it's because of the tools. But I, I think you just want to play inexperienced quarterbacks before they can get themselves going. And when you look at this, you start with Jaden Daniels. Next up, you've got Keaton Slovis. At least this one's a home game. But to play those top two teams in the Pac-12 South in the first two weeks, I don't like it. I mean, if you you can win those games, obviously you you take control of the entire conference. But I'd rather be in a situation kind of like where the basketball team was where you get to say – if we can just get to the end of the year, get to these games against the other teams that are going to be at the top of the Pac-12, we have a chance to make some noise. Mm-hmm. Now you need to take those steps early, and, and I don't like that.
0: And unfortunately, I think if I were to guess, and and you can tell me if you would differ, but the Buffs are going to be the ones with the inexperienced quarterback that, that ASU and USC are getting before they really have much experience. But yeah. if Brendan Lewis is the starting quarterback for the Buffs, at the same time, he's already gone up against Texas A and M in an NFL stadium. He's already played Texas. He played Minnesota in Boulder, and so now he's getting ASU. Like by the time he's playing ASU and USC, he's not you know staring up at the the big lights anymore.
1: It's true. It's definitely true. At least you have to hope so. Um, that is the one upside. And but
0: before we go to break though, mm-hmm. does that does. The intensity of the beginning of this schedule make you wonder if Carl Durrell will be ready to put in a red shirt freshman quarterback to start the season against this slate. I mean, you've got four out of your first five games before that bye week against very legitimate football teams. Like if you were starting yeah. against CSU, Northern Colorado and Idaho State, you'd be like, This is perfect. You bring in Brendan Lewis, he gets you know, he goes throws for three hundred yards twice and and feels great. You're you're in a tough situation, and yeah. I mean the, the answer is going to be
1: whoever the best quarterback is during fall camp is the guy who's going to get to go, and whether that guy can handle the, the the opening stretch, if it's Sam or if it's JT or if it's Brendan, like I'm I'm not sure. You kind of just have to throw him out there and see what happens. I do think that the worst case scenario though is. You know, you do pull the trigger and start Brendan, and he goes out against Northern Colorado, and it's a bit of a slog. You know, you wind up winning 14-7, 14-10, 17-10, something like that, and you're like, oh, no, do we need to make a change Mm -hmm. because things are getting ugly? And that's just what you don't want. Like, you just need somebody who can run the offense and give you a little bit of confidence by putting up a big number against Northern Colorado so that you have that going for you going forward. I I think that... There's a chance that it's just too much for Brendan, but if it is, I don't think he's going to be the starter in the first place. Or it, it, it could just be too much for Sam and JT and all those guys because those are really good football teams.
0: Hmm, this is a really interesting debate. I kind of like just throwing the kid into the fire and just yeah. saying like, look, whatever happens between now and the bye week, like you're going to be stronger for it. Yeah, I mean, yeah, but then you remember. I mean, he's, he'll technically be a
1: true freshman still because last year didn't count. And he's going to be, what, 19 going out there. And and if you just get waxed, I mean, to start your career by Texas and then, I mean, they should be fine no matter who's at quarterback against Northern Colorado. But the, the potential is there to, to get beat down by any of the next four teams. You know, that P.J. Fleck offense, it has put up numbers before. Uh, Texas A&M, we know what they are. I mean Arizona State won a game seventy to seven last year, and sure, that's a Pac-12 After Dark game against a team that's worse than Colorado. But you know what that offense is capable of, and USC exact same thing. So it's, it's it, it, I'm a little bit nervous, and I think anybody would be in this situation.
0: The more we talk about, it, the more I realize if they're going to survive this early stretch, it's going to be on the, on the defense. Yeah,
1: absolutely. Absolutely. Specifically that secondary. They, they've taken a little bit to get going uh, in the last couple of years. That just cannot happen against these teams.
0: You're going to be leaning on, hopefully, Nate Landman and Carson Wells and all those guys to go out there and just be vets and just be dominant. Absolutely.
1: And, you know, one more point is, you know, we talked about wanting to play young quarterbacks before they understand what they're doing. Texas a is going to lose Kellen Mond. Mm-hmm. They're going to have a quarterback in his second career game, unless they have some experienced backup who transferred that I haven't heard of. It's something to keep in mind. For it's sure. certainly not a bad thing. Um, the only experience he will have is playing Kent State the week before. Doors oh, open. I the doors it. open. Yeah. Um, Yeah, let's take a quick break. Actually, before we take a quick break, because we're talking about the the big teams, because Arizona State and USC, we've already gone through them, part of the reason Colorado has such a a tough path to a Pac-12 title this year is that they aren't playing Washington State and they aren't playing Stanford. Now, you you don't necessarily love playing Stanford. They could be a top 3-4 team in the Pac-12 North, but... When USC doesn't play Oregon or Washington from the north, Arizona State doesn't play, um, I believe, Oregon or Cal, maybe? Could be Stanford, a a more mid-level team. I mean, that just puts Colorado behind the eight ball.
0: I'm not worried about playing for a Pac-12 championship this year. Okay. Uh, Just find a way to get to six. Yep. I think that that's a good goal. Because, you know, you look at this program, what's the next step for them? Um, they had the big season back, you know, during the rise when they all of a sudden won 10 games out of nowhere. The problem was, and why Mike McIntyre was eventually fired, in my opinion, is he wasn't able to continue the momentum. Well, in a lot of people's eyes, last year didn't count. For the momentum of this program, it counted a lot, in my opinion. And if you just find a way to go to a bowl game this year, That is continuing the momentum. Carl Durrell will be the first coach to have taken CU to back to back bowl games since Gary Barnett. Yeah. And so that is got to be worth something a lot. And to be honest, it's going to be tough. It's going to be tough. And that's why I'm not talking about Pac 12 championships. Yeah. Getting six is going to be tough. Yep. Now, again, I went into last season with no expectations and I ended up being very pleasantly surprised. I'm going to try to do the same thing this year because when you look at the schedule, it looks really tough, but you know, I thought UCLA was going to come in and, you know, kick our ass in the first game of the season. And we flipped that on them. So the buffs can surprise, you know, some of these teams. Um, and it's just going to come down to that defense in my opinion.
1: Yeah, I agree. I agree. And I do think that the right goal is to win six games um, I have a question for you before we go to break and then I'll go through the ads. This is the most anticipated answer. break in I know. history. We, it's going to be a long break too. <laughs> We've got a lot to cover, but, um, I want to know how many wins you think that Colorado needs to get out of these first five games to go to a bowl game. Um, and you can look ahead through the rest of the schedule too. Um, I'll tell you on the other side of the break. Exactly. Um, yeah. Time for that break. (laughs) Uh, So if you guys like this podcast, first of all, get on iTunes and give it a five-star review or wherever you listen to podcasts. We really appreciate that. But also consider becoming a member at thedmvr.com or a member of DMVR, I guess is a better way to put it. But there's so many awesome things that you get. Um, The the members-only Discord is a whole lot of fun. Um, It's definitely the best place I talk buffs. I have a lot of fun interacting. There's what, probably like five or six people who are diehards who are in there a lot. And then there's more who come in occasionally. Uh, That part of it is a lot of fun. If you aren't just a Buffs fan, there's like, you can talk about the Broncos or the Nuggets or any of the pro teams, but there's also like a skiing channel there's a food channel where people are posting all the stuff they're cooking. There's a lot of cool stuff going on, and it's it's turning into a pretty big community too, which is a lot of fun. You get that. Um, you get to uh, read all the content at thedmvr.com. You get a free shirt with an annual membership. Um, you get weekly deals from the DMVR locker if, if you live in the area, or even if you just visit occasionally. The DMVR bar will give you a member-sized beer instead of the normal-sized beer you get. For any beer you get, that's on honestly the best part of all of this in my opinion because what those beers typically cost what like two dollars three dollars more
0: there yeah and like you just feel like a king when you lift this like it feels it's like a five pound glass it's so
1: big it's it's the beer you're supposed to drink when you watch sports yeah you, you don't need a small beer to watch a three-hour football game you need something big that fills your hand up and it's and i'll do exactly that um And then, of course, we do cool things on podcasts and all that, the live streams. Uh, And there's a fun new perk just for the next 300 members. If you sign up to become an annual DMVR member, not only do you receive a free shirt of your choice from the DMVR locker, you'll also get a Recover Holistic Stick from Holistic Wellness. What's that, you ask? Holistic Wellness is all about the CBD. The stick we send you will pack 10 milligrams of CBD and this one will be focused just on recovery. All you do is pop the top of the stick, pour it in any drink, stir and consume. They're amazing. So check out the reviews at holisticwellness.com. Uh that's H-O-L-I-S-T-I-K wellness.com. And better yet, you can also get a thirty percent discount on your first purchase using the code DMVR30. So a whole bunch of really cool stuff. Make sure you get that membership um because the the Buffs are going uh, into the Pac-12 tournament and then March Madness. We got spring football starting in a few weeks. It's gonna be a fun time. And join us. Also, um, gotta give a shout out to Breck. I finally got to try the seltzers this weekend. I only got one, but Ryan, you had uh, you had your hands full.
0: Yeah, uh, we you know we figured it, we, if we're gonna get the true review of this, we got to drink twelve because um,
1: because how many
0: flavors are there well there are five flavors so
1: you have to try all five flavors and then just have seven more to see if and it's then, a good drunk like we
0: gotta have bo- <laughs> two of all five flavors just okay. to make sure that you know you double check yeah and then you gotta have your two favorites again oh
1: so not your one favorite twice more you could do that as well you and spencer i wouldn't be surprised if you were just like sharing drinks too
0: what we um, were not also, um, pandemic. So right, probably not. exactly. Yeah, so, forgot. but
1: that is not allowed.
0: We got, we tried them all, and man, first of all, honeydew is is the best. Really, It's so good. And then, see, but that's so in what scenario
1: has anybody ever said that before? Honeydew is the best. Literally, never. You get a fruit tray? Of course <laughs> not. That is easily the worst option, no matter really, but what the circumstances. The reason is. why
0: it's not like the greatest fruit is because it's so subtle. Uh huh. And that's what I love about it as a seltzer. This, yeah. this, it's not like, whoa, that's an intense flavor. It's just like, oh, yeah, that flavor is there. Um, that that is one's nice. great. The Mountain Berry is also great. And the Black Cherry is also great. We had them all. First of all, very happy drunk for me on that. I, oh. it, it might have helped that the Buffs, Nuggets, and Abs all won that <laughs> night. That, would, that wouldn't hurt. But then also, I was not hungover. Not really. Kidding. I was so worried about the hangover.
1: Well, yeah, you were drinking Which sugar I water. I drank a lot.
0: <laughs> and no no hangover for me. Really? Yeah. Wow.
1: Well, I mean, if that doesn't sell the people on the seltzers, then I don't know what could. Um, there's plenty of other stuff that you can get from Breck, too. The beers, obviously, are what they're known for. It's the official beer of DMVR. Are they the official seltzer of DMVR2? Yes. Yeah. Okay, they are that as well. So they're everything. Again, they, they're the complete package. Get on the Breckenridge Brewery website. Use the beer locator. It'll tell you exactly where you can pick up. Whatever you want to try. And we really recommend the seltzers. Um, all right. One more thing to get to, and then we'll get back to some Buffs talk. Um, Draft Kings. There's a... Um, some cool stuff going on that I could not tell you about yesterday because we did the buffs podcast before we, we got the new read. So this is my first time seeing this Um, UFC 259 is this weekend and is sure to be action packed with three title fights taking place in one night. Okay. That does sound good. That does sound like the kind of thing that gets me to watch UFC. It's, it's going to be hype. I, b- I believe it. Uh, DraftKings Sportsbook, the official sports betting partner of UFC, is putting you in the center of this weekend's title fight with 100 to 1 odds on either fighter to land a punch during the title fight. Okay, so I'm not the USC guy or UFC guy. I am the USC guy, not you, as a fan, but just as somebody who reads it. We can move along. Um, the <laughs> yeah, you're the UFC guy. USC guy here. Of yeah. Here. yeah, I think. Yeah, nobody's calling for that crown. Um, UFC though, mm-hmm. um, most guys do land punches at some point.
0: Yeah, so I looked into this to make sure that Francis and Ganu wasn't fighting this week because oh. he's about the only guy I've seen that just wins fights without the other guy ever throwing a punch. Huh. Um he's not in the action. So everyone's good. I think you can take any of these fights and be safe that someone's gonna land a punch.
1: More or less of a lock than the uh pick a team to hit a three pointer prop.
0: Um wait yeah th- land it a punch, was like 101 i thought so too actually no because the fight could end at any moment you know you're getting four quarters of basketball that is true so but but it's one punch I don't know, they typically they just go- come in with like a flying knee uh, to the face you've and seen it before Yeah, exactly so i okay. it's still a lock
1: it's still a lock plus i mean 100 to 1 odds tough to complain all you have to do is bet one dollar um to get that $100 if either fighter lands a punch. It's a great deal. So download the top-rated DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use that promo code DMVR when you sign up. And again, it's to turn $1 into $100 if either main event fighter lands a punch on Saturday. Place your bet. And watch the fist fly this weekend. That's code DMVR to turn $1 into $100 if either fighter lands a punch for a limited time. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Must be 21 or older, Colorado. Only new customers. Only restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-522-4700. All right. That was a very the long break. Break of all breaks. That was a hell of a break that we just put together right there. Hopefully everybody is well-rested uh, because we are not even halfway through. Ryan, to get back to that question I asked, like, a year ago or something. How many wins did the Buffs need to
0: get before that bye week? Two. All right. Two wins. I can live with two and three going into the bye. One is against
1: Northern Colorado, and then you need to get one against Texas AM, Minnesota, Arizona State, USC. I think that that's fair. One and three in that stretch should be a decent. That's you a reasonable really
0: get? You really want to get three. If you come out of that with three, you, you feel great. Four is unrealistic. And two is like just enough. One yep. is catastrophic. Catastrophic, but I
1: mean, honestly, Realistic. in play. I yeah. mean, the buffs. I don't think are going. To, they're going to be favored in one of the first five games. Minnesota. Might we'll be see close. with Minnesota. We'll see, we'll with, see Minnesota. with Minnesota. We'll see what people say about Minnesota. Um, bye week. Could not come at a better time. Uh, but after the you bye could, week,
0: yeah. You hope you're feeling great right here you're three and two right now going into this bye week you're feeling amazing you're two and three you're like okay time to gear up for a big long stretch here um, but yeah I think it is a good time to just like mm-hmm. maybe do some soul-searching
1: the potential is there also you know if if Brendan doesn't win the job out of camp things don't go well for whoever the starter is in those first five weeks that is maybe more than anything Any other bye week in the Pac-12, a situation where a quarterback change could be made, given just how tough the stretch before it could be and the number of quarterbacks that Colorado could try to get on the field.
0: Yeah. I think it's more likely to switch to Brendan than to switch from Brendan.
1: I agree. I do agree. Um, All right. Let's run through these last seven games. First up, a home game against Arizona. The first Power 5 opponent that...
0: This game isn't a lock, but you feel good, right? This is a must-win. Oh, absolutely. Mm-hmm. absolutely. just You have to have this one. Um, it's in Boulder. You got Arizona. It should be a good time. Yep. Buffs beat
1: Arizona last year, but had lost three in a row before that. Not great history, but, again, they, they lost Grant Gannell, and that was the only real piece that they had. That's their quarterback, and I just don't see them being any good. Um, next up, they hit the road to play Cal. And then after that, they stay on the road to play Oregon.
0: <clears throat> so that makes Cal a really big game, right? It does. Um, And so that this is why I came to that two number at the beginning, because I think you can come out of the bye, beat Cal, beat Arizona. And if you started two and three, well, now you're four and three. Yep. You need two more out of the last five to get bowl eligible. Um, And I think that's really a a realistic possibility to come out of that bye week and win two in a row against Arizona and Cal.
1: Absolutely. And Cal would be the tougher game there for sure. Um, A year ago, we were saying, wow, this Cal program is headed in the right direction. We know that there's some money issues going on behind the scenes and maybe there's some shaky footing, but they took a big step. Then last year, the shortened season kind of disappointed. Chase Garber is supposed to be one of the better quarterbacks in the Pac-12. Didn't do much. And, Unless he turns things around, Cal doesn't have a whole lot that you look at and say they're great. Just th- right there with Stanford is a team that is going to be competing for top half of the Pac-12 North, but I don't think they're going to get it.
0: This might be a bad, uh, uh, an odd take. I feel like Cal might have become one of the more irrelevant teams in the Pac-12. Like, Oregon State is known for being bad, right? Mm-hmm. And, like, Washington State, they were doing crazy stuff on offense for uh-huh. forever, so, like, they were noticeable, and like Cal has just been like, meh, just for there so long, just there. Yeah,
1: yeah, I totally agree with that assessment. It it is, you just don't hear about them. No. Oregon though, the next week you hear about Oregon.
0: Yeah, that's just just put an L down. That's kind of where I'm at. You know, I went through at Oregon Halloween weekend. It's just like, just not getting that one. I agree. I went through and
1: and ranked all these games by most likely to win least likely win easy or hardest to easiest this was i thought the hardest game on the schedule all season
0: now we don't know much about their quarterback situation or anything like that but it's just mm-hmm. like you're just not winning at oregon on the at this stage of the season It's just yeah it's not happening if it does incredible but to me remember last year uh i remember doing the broncos schedule release show and like they played Sunday night football against the Chiefs in like November and or when it maybe is December and I was just like yeah that's this that's the one that you just put down scheduled loss and they actually kept it really close when the game actually happened but there's sometimes you just see one you're like that one's not happening that's what I feel about this one
1: yeah uh, I agree Um, just a quick update on the quarterbacks Um, Tyler Shuck the freshman and everybody was kind of excited about he transferred out or entered the transfer portal I think he's already picked a place Oh, Texas he has Tech, that something like that. That does yeah. sound right. Um but Mario Cristobal today was saying some real good things about the other quarterbacks. And and we saw a little bit Anthony Brown late last year. He threw two touchdowns in the bowl game, twelve and nineteen. So they have some guys they always have a guy. Ty Jordan, some freshman, I guess, is coming in. He's exciting. We'll see what happens, but there's potential for greatness or absolutely nothing from those quarterbacks next year. Um, and they'll
0: still run the ball well enough to be a good team exactly
1: um actually one more quick question do you agree that's tougher than the texas a&m game though yeah you think so i I think it's close that that's was the deciding factor to me um after that though things lighten up home game against oregon state one you got to get
0: it's the other must win yep I guess it's Northern Colorado, Arizona, Oregon State. Those are the three. One You, you just, just can't, can't afford to lose any of them.
1: The path gets very difficult if you don't win one of those. But yeah, I yeah, mean, it's
0: homecoming. Mm-hmm. You want to win those.
1: Oregon State has, I mean, they beat Oregon last year. Sure, that was at Oregon State, and that's kind of a tough place to play. Um, they had their quarterback, Tristan Gebbia, who I guess should be back by the start of next year. They lose Jamar Jefferson, who's the identity of that offense, though. We'll see what Oregon State looks like. Should be a game that you can win pretty easily. Um at UCLA the next week. That UCLA to me could be the number one team in the Pac twelve at that point.
0: They could be dead last. I'm not scared of them. Just not scared of them. Um again, you know, I said you can win, could start two and three. So let's just go through the ones that I think are winnable after that. Mm-hmm. Arizona winnable three and three cal four and three you lose at oregon four and four you should beat oregon state at home five and four and then you've got this three game stretch here at ucla at washington or at ucla home to washington at utah you got to get one of them the one i feel the best about honestly is at ucla i think that's fair i think that's fair um
1: it. I mean, it just depends on Dorian Thompson-Robinson, as it has for a couple of years. And he took a step and looked better a little bit last year. He needs to take another step without Demetric Felton and a couple of
0: the other pieces they lose. Um, I think de- losing Demetrius Felton is like a really tough blow for them. It is.
1: I. Th- I totally agree. Um,
0: they like never activated him in that game against the U. And you just saw later in the season, all the times they were good, they activated him, and he was awesome.
1: And the rest of the season, Oso Digazua, the, the sacks, the pressure, he was not quite dominant, but he was right behind the Kayvon Thibodeaux and that type in the Pac-12. Losing him inside, that's going to hurt too. Um, next up, though, they're going to be going home. No, they're home against Washington. Home Last against home Washington. Last home game of the
0: season. Don't love
1: it. You don't hate it, though. You don't. I, I, I agree. I mean, I, I feel very similar to the last home Washington game mm-hmm. last year, where it's just like, yeah.
0: Two years ago. but
1: Exactly. Two years ago now because we're halfway through the year between. But, yeah. I, mean, I think that they could certainly win this game.
0: I'll never forget that Washington game because that was the game when I got to go to that, like, pregame thing. Oh, with, yeah. With he who shall not be named. Yeah. But, like, he, like, showed us the game plan. I'll never forget, like – <laughs> I just felt – have you ever seen the TikToks that's like, what's well, not illegal but feels like it should be illegal? No. Like, that's like a trend, and then huh. people – that that was that. I was like, I feel like this should be illegal. The coach <laughs> is just telling me what they're going to do an hour before the game. like,
1: And then they go do it.
0: And then they went and did it, and they executed and it the hell out of it. and It was awesome.
1: Yeah, that is dope. They get, like, Washington's good. Z-A-F, the the defensive end everybody gets fired up about. He could cause problems. You've got, What's our uh, quarterback
0: situation looking like? Uh,
1: Dylan Morris. Okay, He was a freshman last year. Yep. Again, one of those freshmen who I think, you know, this might be where the Pac-12 gets maybe a bit too much credit. And, and, you know, Keaton Slovis, he gets hyped up a lot, maybe a little too much. Tyler Shuck gets hyped up a lot, I think, again, a little too much. Dylan Morris, I think, fits right into that boat. I do think Jaden Daniels is underhyped. Cleo Tate was another one Mm overhyped. I I think there is a bit of a trend still with Pac-12. Yeah. Yeah. We were the reason that he was overhyped all of us out here. But yeah, I I think Dylan Morris fits into that group of young quarterbacks who, honestly, if they pan out, they're going to be in the SEC in two years, unless (laughs) Washington really figures it out.
0: Um, And then you close the season at Utah. Hey, I hate closing the season at Utah.
1: I I do too. I went on a whole rant. I think yesterday, maybe I wrote the rant in the story I wrote yesterday that you might around vdmbR.com but but uh, that Utah game is one of the games like in my ideal schedule I built yesterday, even though we kind of know that this was going to be the last game of the season I had at Utah's the first non-conference or first conference game because they're going to have a new quarterback, Charlie Brewer coming in from Baylor. I, that would have been a great game to get out of the way early. You don't got to go play in the cold. There's just so much you could like. I They weren't all that good last year. And I think by the end of this year, they're going to have that defense put back together. Like you just want to get that one out of the way, but it just sucks.
0: What sucks about it the most is, is, and, and maybe the Carl Durrell can build the buffs into a program that's like this, but they are just going to be more physical than you almost always. And you play them in the worst conditions of the year, almost always. You're getting them November 26th. It's going to be cold. The likelihood of it being snowing is like two of two the last two years. Yep. So you just – it sucks because they love those games and most teams hate them.
1: Yeah, and that's also a Friday night game. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, except that it's at night, which means if it was 30 degrees, it was 20 degrees. And if it was 15, it's 5.
0: I hope that – the Buffs are in a position where we're wanting to road trip to Salt Lake for that
1: game. I, sh- I sure hope so, too. That would be so much fun. But, yeah, I mean, maybe my biggest complaint with the Buffs in the Pac-12 is that every year has to end either CU Utah in Salt Lake City or in Boulder, and it's just going to be kind of miserable. Yeah. I want that potential like for a late It's like my least season, favorite game on the there. schedule every year. Yeah, by far. Um, this was supposed to take more time. Not the what we just did. That took much more time than I anticipated. But um, real quick, what games do you look at on the schedule that you want to go to?
0: Well, all of them. Um, Rank. <laughs> Top three. So, again, that Northern Colorado game, if we get a full stadium, is just going to be such a party. Yeah. Um, just like the return, you know.
1: Plus, you know they're going to win. It, it's not like going to the Texas A&M game where it's like, okay, I'm gonna touch everybody's going to watch just yeah i'll touch I've wood s- too it's sports lose
0: to sacramento state and montana state Ugh, um
1: nervous. that i always forget about that and it's yeah. like how it is yeah. knowing yeah yeah
0: so uh i also think it'll be really cool like it's the first time the fans get to like pay their respects to like nate landman um mm-hmm. since you know just that season and that injury and like his his ovation when he gets announced is just gonna be awesome hopefully he plays um I know Carl Durell today said he's ahead of schedule, which is great to hear. Yep. Um and then again, it's just also Carl Durrell. Like the fans haven't ever ever been able to greet Carl Durell. Like it's kind of weird. It's crazy. So I just feel like it'll be like this huge culmination of over a year of just like different things that need to be appreciated. Yep. Um Jarek Broussard like Uh, absolutely (laughs) like he's like a fan favorite. yeah even even
1: if sam's on the bench like that man deserves
0: an ovation himself yeah so all of that i think makes that game incredible yeah and then i'll just go right to the next one texas a&m like it's just gonna be an opportunity Yeah. yeah and and it is an opportunity and you maybe do get a young quarterback and anything can happen um I sk- I would probably rank Minnesota next. Like that's the best thing about this non-con. Is it's like three yep. really good exciting games. Uh and then man, it's all this schedule is so front loaded. Yeah, Got seriously. an opportunity to end the streak against USC.
1: You do? And that road game against Arizona State. I mean, if you're if you're looking for a road trip, oh, a weekend in Arizona under the lights of the game like that's not bad at all and you go get to go see Jaden Daniels, who I think next year is going to be the year where People say, "Oh wait, this guy is a first-round draft pick at quarterback," and that is going to be fun to watch. But yeah, I, I think that you probably nailed it. You know, Washington that game at the end of the season in Boulder, potential for a lot on the line for either team, potentially both teams, based on how we're feeling. Maybe more can we get to a bowl game than mm-hmm. anything bigger than that. But but I think that that could be fun. I still do think that all those games to start the season though that those those are the ones you want to catch do we know if brendan lewis has changed his number to one yet so here's the thing is that because you were so fired up about the number one being available and him now being able to uh use that number in my head he's just been number one you did that
0: (laughs) i know i didn't even consider like is that something he would like to do he wore it in high school it has to be something he would like to do.
1: You would think. I mean, I, I, I hope that that's what's going to happen. I think there's a good chance it will. Okay. Okay. Um. Yeah, I think that wraps it all up. I guess we have a couple minutes. Do we? Here's a question that's not podcast related. Do we have a meeting at 2.30? Because it's 2.35. Or do we have time? We haven't gotten a link.
0: I thought that was Thursday.
1: Is that Thursday? Yes. Thursday is always tricky for me. They are tough to that remember. That means we get to talk are. about basketball, though. <laughs> Let's go. Let's go. Uh, but first, a break. Um, this one is not like the, the super mega break. A
0: pro tip? Just go into the break. Don't say you're doing it.
1: But I, I don't know. I want to get people <laughs> excited. Build the <laughs> hype.
0: The people are hyped for the break. They are.
1: It's been like 15 seconds now of just wondering who this, we're going to talk about.
0: This is going to be the best break ever.
1: Of, damn right it is it is absolutely um you know who we're talking about
0: a uh, hassle cattle company manscaped oh manscaped they're back this
1: is only like the third time different i've gotten to talk mead. about manscaped very different type of meat well I, yeah very different <laughs> very different up in montana there's this thing called uh the testy fest
0: oh god uh, uh, isn't it testy festy
1: um no no I mean, it, uh, down here, people would think, oh, huh, yeah, finish that off, make the rhyme happen. Up there, it's like, get out, just be as clear as possible what we're doing. We're eating cow balls. Um, so maybe still very different kinds of meat. Uh-huh. Human versus animal, I guess, is the biggest distinction. Um, but, but Manscaped, they uh, do some incredible things. Um, the, the Perfect Package 3.0 will get you all set up with everything you need. The Lawnmower 3.0 is the uh, best ball hair trimmer ever is what it says on the document and although i have not tried them all i can vouch for this one it's a good one it is the the light is surprisingly useful the 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 fact that it's waterproof surprisingly useful a lot of people have said that it's crazy it's crazy like just so many doors are opened I don't know. Here's another tangent. I've been watching a lot of space stuff recently. There's like this Apple TV show. They're like the thing just got to Mars. And I've I been, I think people really would be surprised
0: how much you enjoy learning things.
1: Yeah. <laughs> I think so too. I think, I think I project a kind of bland, not bland, but. You know, you're,
0: I you're I not, watch my football. I eat Lunchables. You're, you're not a one-dimensional sports guy like me.
1: Yeah. I I know a lot about space and foreign policy. Those are my two fun. But but with space, you like
0: the guesser game. I love the geoguesser <laughs> game. Again, I
1: thought I'd be better at it. Well, we don't. Again, we gotta get back to this. This is taking too long. Um, what was my tangent? There was space something about and space. Balls. Oh, but the crazy thing is you watch all this <laughs> stuff happen in space. You watch the rover get there. They just did like this cool mission yesterday where they're fixing stuff on the space station. And you're like, huh, this technology, somehow it's just going to get tweaked a little bit and we're all going to have it. And in my life, because I have like, I have an iPad, a, 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 an iPhone. It's like, yeah, technology, it's great. But it's just kind of everywhere. New technology doesn't really excite me because I have it. When you get your hands on a lawnmower (laughs) 3.0, you're just like, wow, somebody put this together. Like, they had the idea for all these different pieces. And to see that, it's just a great product. It's just a great product. It is, yes. And to incorporate the light and the waterproof.
0: It absolutely belongs in a conversation with space exploration. Yeah.
1: Like, I'm certain that whatever makes it so special started in space.
0: I'm with you on that.
1: Like, how are you able to plug it in? And you can see the metal piece at all times that you plug it into, but you're able to use it under the water. Crazy. It's crazy. Crazy stuff. Crazy good products. Um, So many others. They'll come in that perfect package 3.0, get you all set up. And you can get uh, 20% off if you use the code DMVR at Manscaped.com. That's 20% off at Manscaped.com. And free shipping with the code DMVR. So unlock your confidence and always use the right tools for the job with Manscaped.
0: I'll be honest, I think that was the best break of all time.
1: Was that the best break? Yeah. It certainly wasn't the longest. We covered that earlier. That's true. We did need a break, though, because that was a long schedule. Um, we're going to talk about something fun, though. Not that that wasn't, but basketball, because the season's almost over. Ryan hasn't been oh, able to no, get his. Oh, no, it's just getting started. I like that. I really like that. It is just getting started, isn't it? Um, it the last game of the regular season, Thursday against Arizona State— Pac-12 tournament right after. What's on your mind going into all this? You you feeling good? You
0: feeling bad? So the thing... I'm feeling amazing. Uh, The thing that's been on my mind just constantly is after the Arizona game, at that time, you asked me, what is going to be their record over the last one, two, three, four, five, six games of the season? Mm -hmm. And you said over, under... I guess it was including that one. What what was it? Oh, no. So it was one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. I don't remember. But you asked me what what the over under was five and a half. And I took the over. Mm -hmm. And they won six. And Mm -hmm. at the time, several people were saying we were being unrealistic uh, in thinking that that team was going to go win six games to finish the season. Uh, And I I told you then, I'll tell you now, this team is extremely mentally tough. And they're just built for these types of games, these types of moments. Uh, and you just saw it, like the, the USC game was just a dismantling. Um, USC yep. looked like they might as well have been Washington State in that game, uh, which was amazing. Absolutely, but it was the UCLA game that really shows you like what this team is made of and what they're what they're built out of. Um, and that's why I'm so excited to see what this team can do. Now we know how random marches um anyone can lose at any moment but i really am excited about just the mental makeup of this basketball team because i just think they're prepared to withstand pressure and be in tough situ- situations and overcome adversity better than most teams in the nation
1: and i i love the mental makeup but i really like the physical makeup too Absolutely. and you look at what they've done this is one of the absolute best three-point shooting teams in the country and, and I think it's time to start talking about that. I think percentage-wise, they're top two in the Pac-12 for sure. I think in terms of the number they've made, they're right up there as well. They can get hot. And and they're only going to get more hot, I think, once you get later in the season. Because that means more minutes for guys like Dry Horn. I think that's when you start to push Dallas Walton to play maybe as much as he can. You, you get more of your short shooters out on the court that's what you like going to march like that's one of the big things when you're trying to find somebody who could be a Cinderella story that you search for yeah. and and they have that absolutely they have a, a senior point guard who can distribute the ball and
0: lead things the structure is very good physically as well as mentally for what it's worth they're shooting 37% as a team it's from crazy. three point that's just what you ask from like one guy a good guy right you're like if you shoot 37% we're happy yep. for example Maddox Daniels is shooting 37% we're pretty happy with the way he shot the ball this season yep. from three the whole team is doing that in fact the only person who i'm not i don't want to use the word disappointing but just because i don't have a better word right now the only person who's disappointed me a little bit is mckinley because i've always felt like that was the last piece of his game and and he shot 30 percent this year which is like not bad but it's, uh, it's it's bad definitely not good it's definitely not good um but you see what happens in a game like the ucla game when he can knock down a few it just changes things for this team so he shot at 30%. You'd like to see that. If he can get clutch and shoot what the team is shooting, 37% from here on out, there's no ce- there's no ceiling for them. Absolutely. Absolutely. And
1: that's just so much fun. Here's, here's my question. If you could take one guy out of the starting lineup, swap him out, not necessarily for, like, a real player, but just, like, some prototype. You know, if, if you could go get, like, a... Your your McGee type guy and put him in the post or go get like a a three and D wing or three and D guard or whatever. Who would you sub out of the starting lineup and what would you put in that place? It's tough because the team is so well balanced and put together at this point. I think.
0: I think I would just take like a better Dallas Walton. I yeah. Like if I could just replace him with like a more consistent defender, Mm -hmm. better you know instincts and rim protection. I'm really splitting hair def- definitely but if that's if there's like one player that i'm like man i just wish he was a little better uh-huh. i think that's where I'm, I'm looking
1: and the crazy thing is you look at dallas and at his best uh, i think i think that he can be a bit of an x factor you know totally we, we see him come in and and put up you know a, a 12 point night when he's four of four from the field because he can just do that down in the post and and to say like this offensive player who is almost like boban like in that sometimes you just can't defend him and he can't stay out on the court long enough to actually win you the game and he might have problems defensively occasionally offensively he's going to produce for you to say you'd rather have a defensive guy instead of that i mean that's kind of just preference you know it's not it's not that there's a problem with the team it's just we'd almost like to see just a little different piece right here yeah everything fits together so well i think
0: Everything fits together yeah. really well. Eli Parquet is he will I think he's one of those guys where his legacy will grow the longer he's not at Colorado. Because huh. having a stopper like him is just invaluable. Yep. Um you just end of the game, you need to stop. You just say, Eli, go stop their best player. And then he just does it um and of course you know in basketball great offense beats great defense so there's going to be times where someone makes an incredible bucket but he's so good and he's still got time left so you know maybe next year his offense picks up a little bit and he goes to the next level in terms of his legacy but I just love that guy he's a perfect fit um Jariah Horn has become one of my favorite CU basketball yeah. players in like the last 10 years yeah. um he's incredible he's everything I mean he <laughs> is such a perfect piece for this team what
1: do you want out of a four
0: exactly what he is a- everything <laughs> that he is he's like the perfect college four. M-
1: maybe an inch taller two inches taller not in college though you don't even need that and no. and if, if he was any taller the way college basketball works like that turns him into a guy who can't move his arms no, in it turns into way, a guy who you know? plays
0: for Kentucky
1: I guess, yeah, that's the other thing. Either he can't control his arms or his body or something, or he is playing for Kentucky.
0: Yeah. Like, knockdown three-point shooter, really sound defender, solid rebounder, mm-hmm. good three-level scorer. Like, he's everything that I want. And the fact that this team has the luxury of bringing him off the bench it's crazy. in most games is absurd.
1: It is. It is. And to get back to Eli Parquet, how – Do you remember last season where every time we talked about Colorado basketball, we had to talk about the guards. We had to talk about, okay, who's going to come in for Ken off the bench? How are they going to handle these five minutes a game? And that's still kind of a problem. Mm -hmm. But just as much of the piece of the conversation was who even plays shooting guard? Like, who is the starter? Who is a part of the rotation? And for most of the season, it was Shane Gatling with Eli Parquet or Dalen Koontz coming off the bench. To have Eli Parquet just hold that position down is so nice because that's what you need out of a shooting guard in college basketball. You you don't need somebody who's a superstar. Sure, it's great to have, but what you really want is a point guard who can control everything. You want a big guy who can hold his own defensively in the post and then make some plays offensively, and then you want 3 and D in between them.
0: Real quick, just because I want to praise dry horn more okay you know what like the the slash line that like blows everyone away if a basketball player does it 50 40 90 50 40 90 yeah this man is 50 45 93
1: oh it's just unbelievable it's just unbelievable
0: and and i'm next
1: time we talk to tad i'm gonna ask him like what did you expect from Jariah? Mm-hmm. like coming into this season like here he is 50 45 93
0: if you were to say, absurd. like,
1: the, the day that he committed to Colorado, what did you think you were getting? Because there's no way it was anything close to that, right?
0: I really don't. I mean, I you guess can't. if you look at the numbers where he's averaging 11 and 6, mm-hmm. 11 and a half, so you could maybe round that up to 12, maybe he could say, like, that That was along the lines of what I was expecting. Yeah. But at the efficiency, I mean, he's doing that in 24 minutes a game. Seriously. Which he needs more yep um yep (laughs) but it's just it's insane it's insane and you just look you know you look across um this team there's a lot of guys who are flirting with like crazy numbers Jabari Walker 54 50 or sorry 50 49 so yeah 54 50 82 like Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. just I'm just I love this team um I'm this is one I'm really sad that they don't get the proper appreciation from the fans because they are electric they're exciting they score big numbers they do it they do all the things that you love
1: and it's it, to me the kind of team that makes you sad that college basketball is the way it is college sports and that you just have to keep cycling through and some of these guys are going to be gone next year and a lot of them are going to be gone the year after and do you have any
0: answer on the eligibility thing yet
1: yeah i mean I th- anybody can come back anybody can come back
0: <sighs> jariah please come back <laughs>
1: Uh, that would be that would be so nice <laughs> but yeah I mean and Ben and I talked about it after the last game Jariah horn has nothing to prove he just I mean we said what the numbers are maybe, maybe he goes in the starting lineup and and he goes 50 40 90 but doubles the the totals <laughs> and I guess that could potentially get better but for the most part the the pros know who he is the pros in the nba know who he is the the, the pros in the oh, like overseas can say here's how he fits going forward
0: he's going to be a great professional basketball player yeah doesn't have to be in the nba yep um i just i hope he's just like man i love boulder and the best this coaching staff and, this and college basketball even college basketball yeah
1: it's possible
0: or i hope that he has no unfinished business cuz the buffs won the pac 12 tournament and made a deep run in the tournament and everyone said, uh, you know, everyone is like their legacy is gold plated and yep. we're good.
1: Yep, that would be nice. But yeah, I mean that is the tough part about college sports is they all leave and then they play for 10 more years, and you think, huh? Wish we could have just held on to this longer.
0: Well, in the transfers, those are the ones that hurt the most. Oh, like Derek yeah. Derek White. I dream all the time of what it would have been like for Derek White to be a four-year player at Colorado I mean we got one year of Derek he was awesome but the rest of the team kind of fell apart around him and it wasn't that exciting and it's like man we missed out like we never got to see Derek White and Josh Scott play together they were like best friends it just would have been incredible absolutely yeah
1: um I think that that pretty much does it unless you have any more basketball thoughts you want to get off your chest before we meet again on Thursday.
0: I just really hope that they take care of business on Thursday. Um, it's the last piece, uh, you know, to an incredible finish. To really throw a double bird to everyone who thought, oh, you know, what was it? They lost to Cal. Is that what was the game they lost that they shouldn't have? Uh, I'm <laughs> Cal, Utah, Washington. The mo- most recent one though was Cal. Cal was most recent. So yeah. everyone started freaking out then, right? Oh, yep. here comes the collapse. We've all been seeing this. Beat ASU. I think you have a 7-2 and two finish over your last nine games. And that's just like the – that's not us. Mm-hmm. You know? Like, yep. you were all wrong. You are officially hot going into the postseason. Yes. So, don't have any sort of mental lapse. I know McKinley will be ready because people have been comparing him and Remy Martin his whole career – It's a terrible comparison. One is just okay, and one is like an all-time great Pac-12 guard. Mm -hmm. Um, But they have talent. They're a really talented squad. I hate their coach. I don't like the way they play. Mm -hmm. But, again, they have guys who can put the ball in the basket, and on any given night, if they all get hot at the right time, you could be in trouble. So just go in there, suffocate them early with your defense, finish the job, and like you said, you are hot. You are finishing the season, three straight wins, two over two of the better teams in the PAC 12 and just like rearing to go.
1: The standings would say the two best in the PAC 12. Yeah. Yeah. It's a, it's a good time to be a Buffalo and uh, we'll be back on Thursday with some D M V R buffs post game. Um, that's going to be a lot of fun. It's going to be a great game. We'll be talking about the tournament and all that kind of stuff and stay tuned to your podcast feed for more Dnvr buffs podcasts, uh, which you can find wherever you listen to podcasts Uh That's going to do it for today, and I'll see you guys tomorrow.